Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one conspiracy at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 26, which opens with Smeagol saying, nice does they precious, <laughs> and ends with Referring Smeagol to- saying, never, Smee. No. Never. And he gets cut off. The minute Smee. ends. <laughs> Smee. <laughs> nice does they precious referring they to don't orcs taste very is, yes orcs don't taste very nice does, does they precious nice does they precious no not very nice at all <laughs> she wants sweeter meats like hobbit, hobbit meats <laughs> hobbit meats i almost said something that would be sound very dirty oh well spare me i guess Okay. <laughs> I'll keep it in my brain. Say it off mic. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's about meats. Of course it is. Yeah. Man flesh. <laughs> Man flesh. <laughs> Hobbit flesh. Oh, God. So th- this minute is Sam discovering Hobbit conspire. Uh, discovering Hobbit. It's Sam discovering Smeagol and Gollum conspiring to murder them. Yes. And he, uh,. He hits Smeagol in the side of the head with a pot. Well, okay. So on Friday, you mentioned, um, like, mirror tropes. Mm. And you were saying that they, like, you think that they reverse engineered this scene, like, starting from the reveal that Sam is behind Gollum. Yeah. Do they say that or no, but it's that's just, just like a thing. It's just like a, a hunch I get about the structure of the scene and like them wanting to do this sort of uh, way for Sam to discover Gollum. It's just the way that makes the most sense to me, uh, given the what happens here. Yeah, because generally, like when you're kind of um, when you're thinking about how to put a story together, I don't know if this is like true for you, but like when I'm thinking about stuff. I think about uh, the climactic moments and then reverse engineer things from there. Well, I mean, that's what a beat sheet is, right? Like right. Your, your your story beats and then how right. do you connect the dots? Right. I, I know people that like to string together like things that they want and then they work forward. Um, but I've always thought about things backwards. Oh. Um, I guess it depends on... I feel like I find more... Me as a person, when I think about how to structure like a like a D and D campaign, yeah, uh, it makes more sense to me and makes me feel like I have more internal consistency if I reverse engineer. Yeah, I guess it just depends on what story I'm working on. Like if I know, like a lot of people are just like know your ending because yeah. then you can work. You wor- well, you can both work towards it and work back from it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm kind of like a linear thinker, so I prefer, um, I don't know. It depends. It depends on what kind of story I'm working on and what kind of mood I'm in and what I'm puzzling over. Mm. But I, I just get that kind of hunch from this scene in general. Yeah. 
because they definitely would have they definitely wanted to do a scene of Sam like finding out more directly. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty clear from just the way they talk about the arc and like the way things go on in the book. So I think that they probably I think they may have reverse engineered because they really wanted that moment of like Smeagol's kind of terror upon seeing Sam in the water. I like the um the ripple transition like he drops the stone in and he's very smug and then in the reflection you see sam yeah because sam would have had the opportunity while the water was disturbed to creep up behind him Mm -hmm. with his pot in his hand dude okay sam gives smeagol crap for um sneaking but like this is the stealthiest sam has ever been in his life yeah i mean he didn't really make a lot of noise when he was uh listening dropping eaves but he was but Gandalf caught. found him. He was he was in the bush. The bushes were shuddering. Yeah. So that I don't know. This is the stealthiest Sam has ever been. I think. Yeah. You and get the drop one, on once Gollum. again. He was dropping eaves. Yeah, you get the drop on Gollum. Gollum is like the sneakiest mofo. Right. He's the sneakiest. <laughs> it is a it's a really satisfying sound effect when Sam hits Gollum in the head. It's a really good sound effect. I enjoy that this scuffle doesn't last nearly as long as the one that starts off two towers. Or, and it doesn't last even as long as Sam and Frodo's scuffle. Well, I mean, Sam and Frodo's scuffle, multiple scuffles. They have multiple scuffles. Um, Don't they? Or which one are you referring to? The one in two towers? Yeah, the one in two towers. Um, When Frodo pulls, pulls Sting. I don't know. Like, even though Smeagol is, like, actively plotting the main character and his best friend's murder, like, I still feel bad for him. Because he looks like the weaker party? Because he's just, like, I don't know. I just feel bad for him. I know he's garbage, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) We We get that peek under the hood of Smeagol's real selfishness in this moment. Yeah. For me! For me! I've always loved the way that's delivered. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. It's so it's so funny. Yeah. For us. <laughs> Meant for us. He pulls back on it a little. Mm-hmm. That's one of those moments that shows you that Smeagol is the darker one, I think. I don't uh, I don't agree. Mm. It's a different kind of darkness. Yeah. Andy Circus goes off on this like extended metaphor in the commentary about how Smeagol is the weird guy at the office. He is. Oh, he's the Dwight. <laughs> and like, he does all these terrible things that make you hate him, but then like one day he turns it around, he does something really nice for everyone in the office, and you're like, maybe he's not so bad. And then the next day he goes right back to the same crap. Yeah. He's the Dwight. He's just the worst. <laughs> like, Andy Serkis talks about this for like two minutes, That's two and really a half funny. minutes in the commentary. He just, like, rants about it. That's so funny. Not drawing from personal experience or anything. Right? Andy? We all have that co-worker, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I sure did. But <laughs> I left my last job. <laughs> you didn't leave because of that guy. Uh, it's certainly part of the, the onus for me leaving. <laughs> the impetus. Yeah. That's the word I wanted. What does onus mean? Um... I have a computer machine in front of me. Yes, but like when the 
an onus, uh, the onus is the responsibility? I think that's what that word means? Yes. Something that is one's duty or responsibility. Boom. Got it. SAT words don't fail me. Wow. The SAT is bogus. It's true. It's true. (laughs) I judged a debate tournament yesterday, and the topic that they were debating was whether or not the United States, uh, whether or not United States colleges and universities should look at standardized test scores. So I heard a lot of crap about the SATs yesterday. Ah. So that was the thing. Interesting. Yeah. It was a good time. But being around high schoolers, man, just, it's exhausting. (laughs) Yeet, fam. (laughs) That's lit. (laughs) Oof. (laughs) Big mood, fam. Yeah, Gollum getting hit in the head. Big mood. (laughs) Big mood. Uh, I heard him. He means to kill us. Never. Smee. Smee. For Smee. (laughs) Go. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I just really, the thing that sticks out to me the most is the the ripple transition. Yeah, it's a good transition. It's the kind of thing I can totally see them having an idea to do and then be like, how do we get there? Mm. What are we doing with this? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I guess... That makes more sense. You Friday, you were just like, yeah, this thing. And I'm just like, I don't remember how this is resolved. <laughs> right. Um, uh, we don't get my favorite small moment in this scene until tomorrow. But yeah, Frodo's just like, Sam, what are you doing? Yeah, we've been over this. Um, Again, this kind of feels a little like retreading old ground. They talk about that in the commentary. They feel like they have kind of too many of these scenes where Sam and Frodo are just fighting about Smeagol planning to kill them. It It's good for setting the um, stakes for this movie, but, I mean, covering it as in-depth as we are, um, yeah, I'm, it I'm, happens I'm, several times in Two Towers. It's going to happen more times yeah. here. We, we run out of things to talk about Before in this break. relationship. Yeah. <laughs> because we've talked about it a lot. This is just getting closer and closer to the real breaking point. Right. Right. So it's important to reestablish that, especially, um, you know, at the start of your next, the last movie. Yeah. I mean, they, they talk about kind of having too many of these scenes, which is why they cut one of them from the theatrical version of this movie. But it's back in the extended. The Lembus one? No, that's in the theatrical. They mention it like the something uh, at the foot of the stairs somewhere. Oh, they have, like, another conversation about it, and they, like, trimmed some out. Oh. Yeah, we'll get there. That that seems so far away. I know. But it's not, really. Yep. It's it's really it's really not. Well, I don't know. A lot happens um, with, uh, with, uh, with Master Peregrine and, and Aragorn and everyone else in the meantime. Yeah. So. It might be far away. I don't know. I can't remember if it's before or after Denethor eats grossly. Is that your new marker for time? That's like a line in the movie. D-E-G. Denethor eating grossly. Yes. (laughs) So like the minute right before is like 1B. 1B D-E-G. Right. We just count backwards from there. Yeah. And then it like it happens, and then it's zero, and then. <laughs> yep. That's so funny. It's like how Star Wars, like the timeline is about the Battle of Yavin Four, which makes no sense. 
It just is. There's been so many Death Stars. Just blow all three of them up. So many. They've been two. There's a there's a there's a super mega ultra Death Star in the new one. Yeah, but that that's not called the Death Star. What is it called? Star Killer Base. Oh. Whatever. Death Star. St- Star Killer. Yeah. But that's Eagle. Star Killer. <laughs> Star Killer though is a reference to um yeah, the main character. Last name. Yeah, yeah. Lo- the original last name, and also the the main character of the Force Unleashed games. His name is Star Killer. But too. like Death Star, Star, star Killer. Killer. Yeah, dude, it's an orb. <laughs> it is a it is a star destroying orb, but it's not a star destroyer. Correct. Those are triangular. <laughs> and are... really cool. Yeah, yeah. This is a. Just blow all three of them up, man. Just blow it all up. Yeah. There's another star. There's another Death Star in the original trilogy. Yep. There sure is. Oh my god. George Lucas. Stop. He has stopped. He's retired with his like billion dollars. Right. (laughs) I sold my kids to Disney for a billion dollars. All right, George, slow down. Say you could be a cowboy on your ranch or whatever. Yeah, just just go go hang out. But yeah, this is a uh, because we've talked about this this triangle of drama so much. There's not a whole lot more to talk about yeah, there, here. Not not right now. I mean, going forward, yeah. There's a there's a couple of little moments uh, that I'm, I'm pretty sure they're both in next minute to kind of talk about. But this minute is just like the beginning of a little scuffle, and then yeah. Smeagol scrambling away. Never you have, Smee. like, you have... <laughs> Never Smee. Captain Hook, probably. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You'll always remember today is the day you almost caught Smeagol. <laughs> Captain Jack Smeagol. Oh, my gosh. He's got the beard and the hat. Smeagol. <laughs> it's got to be the worst hobbit I've ever seen. <laughs> no. The worst... The worst... Hobbit I've ever heard of, but you have heard of me. He's the best Hobbit I've ever seen. <laughs> yep, no, that's it. I'm... <laughs> I forget what I was... Oh, yeah, no, it's just, like, we see Smeagol's, like, tricky side, both with Frodo and Gollum. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam is super aggro, and he's got his pan. I like that they set up his pan, like, at the very beginning of this Yeah, scene. it's right next to him when he's sleeping. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what... Danger. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't pull a sword. Danger, Sam Gamgee. Danger. <laughs> just, flail, just flailing your arms. But, yeah. No, most most of the same old stuff. Um, yep. So the tale is old as time. Song as old as rhyme. Beauty and the Smee. <laughs> yes. So that's got to be the title, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> We're from the website duelinggenre.com. Uh head over there, check out all the other podcasts on the on the website. There's an enchanted mirror and everything. There, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh go check out the Patreon at duelinggenre.com/support. I can talk on a Monday. <laughs> I can. You know, throw a dollar a month at us and you get access to Scott Pilgrim versus the Minute. And then it goes up from there, access to more things, weekend editions, other reviews from people. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. It's a lot of a lot of value for your your hard earned cash. 
and it keeps the lights on Yep. for our site. So if you enjoy listening to our content or any of the Dueling Genre podcasts, please consider it. Please and thanks. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Smee. I thought it was Gull. Gull. Yeah. Never Smee. Always Gull. <laughs> Bye. Bye.